Welcome to Season 2, Episode 33 of the North American Outdoors Podcast. My name is Heidi Rayo, and I'm coming to you from the great state of Texas. The largest defender of our Second Amendment in the United States is the National Rifle Association. The NRA was formed in 1871 when Union veterans Colonel William Church and General George Wingate were dismayed by the lack of marksmanship shown by their troops. The primary goal of the association would be to promote and encourage rifle shooting on a scientific basis, according to a magazine editorial written by Church. The NRA's interest in promoting the shooting sports among America's youth began in 1903, when the NRA secretary, Albert Jones, urged the establishment of rifle clubs at all major colleges, universities, and military academies. By 1906, NRA's youth program was in full swing with more than 200 boys competing in matches at Seagirt, New Jersey that summer. Today, youth programs are still a cornerstone of the NRA with more than 1 million youth participating in NRA shooting sports events and affiliated programs with groups such as the 4-H, Boy Scouts of America, the American Legion, Royal Rangers, the National High School Rodeo Association, and many others. After World War II, the NRA concentrated its efforts on yet another much-needed arena for education and training, the hunting community. In 1949, the NRA, in conjunction with the state of New York, established the first hunter education program. Hunter education courses are now taught by state fish and game departments make hunting one of the safest sports in existence. While widely recognized today as a major political force and America's foremost defender of the Second Amendment, the NRA has, since its inception, been the premier firearms education organization in the world. But their successes would not be possible without the tireless efforts and countless hours of service given by the over 5 million members to champion the Second Amendment and support NRA programs. It is because of the NRA that we have any resemblance left of our founding father's vision of the Second Amendment to enjoy as citizens of this great nation. What if there were a program for young Americans that created all-American NRA Life members just in time for their voices to be heard at the polls for the very first time? What if this same program created a brotherhood, sisterhood, or kinship so that when these individuals met, they immediately bonded over growing up as part of an organization for youth specifically rooted in the Second Amendment? And what if these young Americans went off to college and formed pro-Second Amendment NRA-based organizations on campuses? Finally, what if these people went on to become adults with families of their own and started chapters of this same type of program to give the next generation of 14 to 21-year-olds the same solid foundation grounded in a belief in the Second Amendment and in the NRA? This is what I refer to as generational recruitment. Organizations like this have existed in communities nationwide for generations. Groups such as the Boy Scouts of America, Girl Scouts, and Royal Rangers are just to name a few. These organizations not only produced good moral kids who grew up into solid citizens, 
but they also help their communities create strong patriotic bonds. As a youth, I spent many years growing up in the Brownie and the Girl Scout programs, and I think that is what actually sparked my interest and the love of the outdoors. As an adult, when I met my husband, he too grew up in the Boy Scout program. He was still very active in the program and served as a youth leader for the troop that he grew up with. We were very involved and were mentors for the young scouts and accompanied them on many trips and outings. One of the areas that we were very focused on was the shooting sports. In order to be involved in the shooting sports as a Boy Scout leader, you have to be trained and certified through the NRA shooting programs. The NRA and the Boy Scouts are very, very intertwined and very close and very tight on their training. There is a certain level of training and certification required in order for any Boy Scout leader to open and run the shooting ranges. To become an NRA certified rifle instructor allows an individual to be able to open and run the rifle ranges at a Boy Scout camp. To become an NRA certified shotgun instructor, this allows individuals to open and run the shotgun ranges. In addition to running the rifle and or shotgun ranges, there also has to be an NRA certified range safety officer present with those instructors to be able to open those ranges safely. One instructor cannot serve as a rifle or shotgun instructor and the RSO. There has to be two different distinct certified instructors. So there is a lot of training required in order to be involved in the Boy Scout shooting program. So my husband and I were very involved in scouts, and we were able to go on a lot of campouts and outings, helping keep those ranges open for the scouts. We continued helping through the scouting program until we had four boys of our very own. Um, They saw us coming, definitely with um, both of us having four boys, we got hooked in pretty quickly into the scouting program. We grew up with our boys through Cub Scouts and through Boy Scouts and now into the Venturing Program, which is a co-ed program between the ages of 14 to 21, and those scouting units participate in more of the high adventure activities. It seemed to be a perfect fit since I got into the scouting program to be more involved with the shooting sports. I have been an NRA certified rifle, pistol, shotgun, and range safety officer instructor since about 1998, so a long time. So that allowed me to run the ranges. Well, now that we were involved with our own boys and and their own scouting units, um, I, by default, um, was the shooting sports uh, director and with my certifications was able to open and run the different types of ranges at Boy Scout camps. We continue to see the need for more trained adult leaders, as well as the demand that the scouts had to keep the ranges open. Boy Scouts love to shoot. So John and I actually looked into becoming NRA training counselors, which means we went to a five-day pretty intensive school at the NRA headquarters in Virginia. And we went through the training to become training counselors, and that in turn certified us to teach the NRA rifle, pistol, shotgun, and RSO courses. So we could actually certify and train new instructors. 
we use that training into our scouting program to get more of those leaders and the parents who wanted to help with their boys and help keep those ranges open. We need those trained leaders. And since we were tied in with the scouting program, it was a perfect fit that we were the ones to get our certification, turn around and do the trainings right there at the local level. Another cool thing about my own boys is that we raised them around firearms. They were not a mystery. They were not mysterious. They were not something to be hidden and locked away where they couldn't touch or see without permission. They were a tool and we taught them at a very, very young age how to be safe, that firearms are used for specific purposes such as the shooting sports and more specifically hunting. My kids have grown up in a hunting and shooting family, and they learned from an early age about the time they could walk that a firearm is not to be handled without permission, and they learned how to use it properly and safely. They learned under the intense and watchful eye of me and their dad how important it is to practice practice, and practice even more. In all of our spare time, we would take them to the gun range so they learned how to shoot. We started off with air rifles and moved up to 22s until they became very proficient and then we would increase the caliber. Naturally, the next step, in my family at least, was to teach them how to hunt. Coincidentally, at age 7, each of them was able to shoot their very first deer. So that's a pretty proud mama moment right there. So how does this tie into scouting? So because of the circles of friends that they had, um, their friends were constantly learning and seeing pictures and hearing stories about my boys' hunting trips. So I was approached by several of the older Boy Scouts who said that they wanted to try hunting. Upon researching the topic, I found out that according to the Boy Scouts of America's national policy, The Venture Scouting Program, which was formerly known as the Explorer Scouts, the Venturing Program actually permitted participants to go hunting. I also found out that the Venture Scout crews had always been co-ed, making for the perfect environment to test this model of the Second Amendment teen hunters. I met with a local gun range and the general manager and asked if they would be interested in chartering a Boy Scout venture crew and what would be involved. This gun range was immediately on board with helping to get more youth involved in hunting and the shooting sports. We set the parameters and the BSA Venture Hunting Crew 30-06 was formed. Of course, Crew 30-06 is 100% involved in hunting and shooting, 100% NRA members, and 100% NRA certified instructors who are trained and all of the youth in our group were also trained as apprentice and assistant NRA certified instructors. After many, many months of research, there is not another venture hunting crew out there where they exclusively focus on hunting. Our crew is not a typical high adventure venture crew where there's a variety of other activities such as kayaking or rock climbing. If we're going to be in a kayak, we're probably going to be retrieving a downed duck. Or if we're going to be rock climbing, we're going to be seeking out that elusive elk. So the difference in our crew is that our entire focus is around hunting. When it's hunting season, we're hunting. When hunting season is over, we are focused on seeking out education and training and going to the gun range so we become a better hunter and a more proficient shooter in anticipation of the next following hunting season. 
as the advisor of Venture Hunting Crew 30-6, I had to develop some guidelines. It was very important to me to keep our crew small. The reason for this is because it would break my heart to have to tell one of our youth members, sorry, you can't go on this hunt this weekend because you already participated in a hunt last weekend. The whole purpose of this crew is to expose all of these youth to more hunting opportunities and a variety of hunting opportunities over and over and as frequently as we possibly can. So to be a member in Venture Hunting Crew 30-6, there are actually three components to our crew. Those components consist of range time, education, and the actual hunt. During all of our hunting trips, all participants, both youth and their adults, must be willing to participate in all Venture Hunting Crew activities. These include getting up early, way before sunrise, and sitting in a hunting blind in extreme weather conditions for many hours, including, but not limited to, shooting appropriate calibers and gauges which are matched to the activity, hunting and taking targeted animals, field dressing or gutting, skinning, processing, and caring for all edible parts of that animal, getting up early, which is way before sunrise, and sitting in a hunting blind in extreme weather conditions for many hours. Participating in service projects for the landowner that a hunt takes place on either before, during, or after the hunt to improve wildlife habitat. Scouting is notorious for service projects. The thing that sets us apart in our venture hunting crew is that our service projects are related to wildlife management and conservation. We aren't just um, cleaning up trails, but we're helping landowners fill feeders, helping mend and repair fences, or any other service project that landowner may have in exchange to thank them for allowing us to come onto their property to hunt. Our youth group must attend state and federal workshops to learn about the biology, the targeted species, and the habitat. They must also attend state and federal workshops that we coordinate to improve their marksmanship and shot placement so they achieve a quick, clean, and ethical kill. Any other high adventure or activities that scouts may participate in, we must be willing to do as well. It's very important to know, and I have to tell them over and over, that they will get dirty, they will get bloody, and they will be tired. If somebody shoots an animal right before sunset and they retrieve that animal, everyone participates, everyone cleans, everyone helps, and you may not get to sit down for dinner until 1130 or even midnight until all of the work, all of the processing, all of the quartering, and all of that is finished. Then we'll focus on taking care of ourselves. All participants, both youth and adults, must complete and pass their state-approved hunter education course. This includes individuals that might be exempt or grandfathered from taking the hunter education. Everyone in our hunting crew will be trained, certified, and card-carrying hunter education. Youth and adult members must be willing to be National Rifle Association certified range safety officers, pistol, rifle, and shotgun instructors. The NRA certification program is for those individuals age 21 and older to receive a full certification. The NRA also has a assistant and an apprentice program for those individuals that are between the ages of 14 and 21. 
if they go through the same training and the same certification, they will be able to help a certified 21 or older individual run the rifle, pistol, and shotgun ranges as well. I require that all members, both youth and their adult leaders, they also keep their NRA credentials and their instructor certifications and ratings current and active. On every hunting trip, at least one adult will act as the primary armorer and at least one adult will act as the backup. What this means is that all of our firearms are safe and secure and there's at least two sets of eyes watching and making sure all the equipment is locked up and ammunition is stored separately. In this crew, all hunting with centerfire rifles will be restricted to bolt-action rifles. While hunting, one round is loaded at a time when the youth is ready to shoot. We also require a blaze orange vest or other approved Class B uniform to be worn at all times while on hunting property, even while at camp and while not hunting. This looks really good that a unit comes together and is all wearing the blaze orange vest and the blaze orange cap for safety reasons. One of the hunting trips that we went on, we were on a landowner's private property. When we arrived, every one of our youth and adults came out of the vehicles wearing their blaze orange vest and their blaze orange cap. We looked pretty impressive when we stepped out of those cars. When the landowner came to us, he said, oh, you don't have to wear that vest. You don't need to wear that cap because you are the only ones out here this weekend. When our leader told everyone that, no, this is our uniform and this is how we hunt, it left a lasting impression on that landowner because we looked really good and he knew that our group was focused on safety first. So why is Venture Hunting Crew 30-06 important? There are current youth hunting and shooting program models that have been studied for years. After doing several years of research, um, what was found was the current model for almost all youth hunting and youth shooting programs is based on research conducted by the public opinion and survey research firm Responsive Management. This research indicates that most youth participants are males from 10 to 12 years old. This research also found that the average age of hunting initiation is 10 to 12 years old. Those who follow the traditional path of hunting begin at an early age. The more awareness children have of nature and the more time they spend outdoors at an early age, the more likely they are to become hunters later in life. Most organizations base their youth programs on this research, often viewing these programs as membership recruitment tools for their organizations. As a result, there are a lot of dollars spent to capture and recruit youth participants. Youth hunting programs that follow this model race to capture as many first-time hunters as possible, providing they meet the minimum age set by the given organization, which is usually 9 years old or even 12. So why fix what isn't broken? because it's not working. Current programs in state and federal agencies show that it's recommended to seek a first-time hunter between the ages of 9 and 11 years of age. There are several problems with this model. First of all, this model looks for first-time participants between the ages of 9 and 11. These kids have not been vetted or identified as even being interested in the outdoors into the hunting and shooting sports, and who may not have any interest ever again to go hunting, 
taking up spots that could be given to a youth who has made a commitment to hunting or the shooting sports. Sadly, in some youth hunting programs, it is not uncommon for young people who have no interest whatsoever in hunting to show a lack of respect for the hunt, the game, the landowner, or the experience. Second, some children between the ages of 9 and 11 are not capable of appreciating or fully understanding the concepts of hunting, especially if that youth is only given a one-time hunt through a one-and-done hunting program. Teenagers between the ages of 14 and 15 are more capable of comprehending and grasping more out of this experience. It goes to reason that this older youth would be more mature and more knowledgeable and even more helpful and skillful when it comes to taking care of game after the hunt and providing assistance to the landowner. Now, before you disagree with me saying, but my kids certainly understood all of this at a much earlier age, I'm not saying about these kids who are raised in a hunting family. I'm saying this about those participating in a youth hunting program as a very first-time hunter. By acknowledging the available research, organizations such as the NRA, shooting clubs, and youth hunting organizations will be able to save valuable resources, time, and money in recruiting new members into their organization. In general, considerable time is spent locating youth between the ages of 9 and 11 or 10 and 12 that are falling out of the existing hunting population. Once these young people are isolated, a lot of resources are spent in the form of money, workforce, both paid staff and volunteer labor, and equipment to identify the demographic within the subgroup of the overall population that has an interest in the outdoors. In other words, many kids who are recruited into outdoor programs between the ages of 9 and 12 may drop out of those organizations because of the lack of interest or other factors. This is no different than young boys and girls starting sports such as baseball and soccer and then dropping out after a few short years. Many youth hunting and youth shooting programs reflect the state and federal agency research that suggests the optimal age to introduce kids to outdoor activities is between 10 and 12 years old. Many youth hunting organizations require a minimum age of nine and focus on first-time hunters, trying to capture the youth before they are distracted by technology or other interests. We have to make every effort to reach America's youth, but keep in mind that using this Second Amendment teen hunters model can save time and money by not duplicating efforts. Other organizations that are taking the time to introduce young people to the outdoors are also helping to weed out youth who are having no such interest. By using the Second Amendment Teen Hunters model, an organization can recruit members who already know they have an interest in outdoor activities and firearms and who are old enough to make the decision for themselves regarding their interests and their hobbies. How does the Second Amendment Teen Hunters Model work? The Second Amendment Teen Hunters Model can be launched within any organization that supports hunting and the Second Amendment. It does not have to be affiliated with the Boy Scouts. This was just the organization with which I was familiar. A successful program needs several different items. First and foremost, a program needs a supporting organization. 
This program also needs trained volunteers and leaders in the required NRA shooting disciplines, such as rifle, shotgun, and pistol. The program also needs trained volunteers who must train youth to be NRA certified apprentices and assistant instructors in the required disciplines, such as rifle, pistol, and shotgun. A program also needs fundraising opportunities to provide youth with the ability to pay for their certifications in the NRA and to earn money towards their life memberships and other opportunities that they pursue, such as hunting and shooting sports throughout the year. The program also needs trained volunteers with the proper hunting knowledge, experience, and skill sets of their own. We also need participating landowners. Landowners who support the program, who support youth in carrying on the hunting traditions. We also need landowners who will reach out to chapters with service projects. There also needs to be a willingness to build relationships with various state and federal wildlife agencies. An active chapter ideally has no more than 10 to 15 youth members, and they're willing to replace non-participating youth with active youth members. The Second Amendment Teen Hunters Model can work in your community. This model is based on recruiting youth members of a supporting organization between the ages of 14 and 21. The reason we chose the ages 14 and 21 is because that is the age of the Venture Scouting co-ed program. They can become Venture Scouts between the ages of 14 and 21. This model is far different from many of the existing one-and-done programs currently offered through the hunting and shooting sports youth organizations. Unfortunately, many of these programs focus on first-time hunters, so after a youth participates in a hunt, he or she is no longer eligible to take part in future opportunities. Several outdoor and conservation organizations are exclusively focused on a young first-time hunter. Oftentimes, the parents of this first-time hunter are not hunters themselves. Therefore, when you introduce somebody to hunting, there is a lot of information and a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes to make and keep a hunter. So when somebody goes on their very first hunt, although very exciting, especially if they've actually harvested their very first animal, it's a very exciting time. And then they send the youth and their parent on their way saying, okay, now you've become a hunter. Sadly, these new hunters do not have a place to go to continue those opportunities because a lot of the organizations that currently exist are only for first-time hunters. A second-time hunter is not allowed to come back because they've already hunted. What makes the Second Amendment Teen Hunters model unique is that it is a multi-year program that provides young people with reoccurring opportunities to experience hunting for different species using all different hunting methods and to take part in all different shooting disciplines. It ultimately gives young people the opportunity to earn different NRA instructor credentials and certifications, as well as earning money throughout fundraisers to cover membership in their sponsoring organization and even become an NRA Life member. What contributes to the success of a type of a model like this is you have to have trained leaders. You have to have the leaders who have gone through all of the credentials and the certifications, and you have to find the youth members who are also interested in that activity. 
by reaching out to new people, it's a great thing to bring and introduce new people to hunting, but the Second Amendment Teen Hunters model is for those who already are interested in hunting in the outdoors. The other reason that we got into the scouting program is because we've already got a captive audience of youth who know how to camp, who know how to set up a tent, who know how to stay warm, who know how to make a fire, know how to cook, and know how to do all the things that scouts learn how to do from a very young age. And that goes hand in hand with taking somebody outdoors into a hunting environment. For more information on the Second Amendment Teen Hunters model, you can visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org or you can reach out to me through that same webpage and contact information. I'm happy to share more information and more experiences on what we've been through by creating, researching, developing, trial and error, and making this program so successful for not only the youth who are involved, but their parents as well. There is no better classroom than the outdoors, roaming the woods and waters, and creating memories that will last a lifetime. This is Heidi Rayo, and you've heard another North American Outdoors podcast. For more information, you can visit NorthAmericanOutdoors.org and follow us on Instagram at North American Outdoors. Have a great day.